We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Who let it dribble it out? Terrific performances from Julius Randle with 26. Dante DiVincenzo, 23 points, 8 rebounds. Josh Hart, season high, 13 rebounds. Hartenstein, another fine effort in his first start of the season. Emmanuel quickly with 19. So many Knicks contributing as they get the victory and win on the road and finish the five game road trip at 3 and 2. Four out west, and then one here, and a beautiful borough of Brooklyn. All right. Where Brooklyn at? Uh, the Knicks win a very impressive game, uh, if, I, if I do say so myself. First and foremost, good to be back uh, on the ones and twos here. Very much appreciate uh, Andrew Claudio and uh, Mensa. And Sean with a W for filling in for me over the last uh, two post games, uh, one of which uh, celebrating my nine year wedding anniversary with my wife, and uh, the other of which was way too fucking late for me to stay up and do a post game and write a newsletter. Uh, so thank you guys. Uh, awesome job. And uh, recap both of those games, I thought, uh, beautifully. Um, this was a good win. You know, it wasn't always a pretty win. Um, it wasn't a textbook win. There were some moments where you, you know, felt like the team was maybe uh, given in a little bit more than they should have against a team that you do not want to give an inch to. Uh, they are one of the best three-point shooting teams in the NBA. Obviously, they showed that at times tonight. Um, but you zoom out and you look at okay, this was as much as any game that they've played this year a test of wills. Because both teams coming off of West Coast trips, obviously the Nets are playing at home, but I mean, it's as much a home game for the Knicks as it is for the Nets. Although, interesting note that they stayed in a hotel last night, the Knicks did. Uh, so they treated it like a road game, treated it like, like the last game of a five game road trip, which seemed like it worked wonders because in that test of wills, um, the Knicks were the team one with the stronger will. Uh a, a much was made uh, about the death of New York's defense, perhaps uh, a, a little bit prematurely. Uh, I thought they, again, wasn't perfect. Nothing tonight was perfect. This isn't the game to be perfect. That, that was not the goal tonight. Um, but their defense was good enough um, that you felt like it, it could support their offense, which we'll get to in a bit. I mean, it's just absolutely humming on levels that I don't know that I've ever seen from a Nick team. And that includes last year when they finished third in, in, in offense um, in some 
part due to smoke and mirrors. So the Knicks were the team uh, that had the greater will tonight. And the Knicks were the team with Julius Randle tonight. And he's put up more impressive stat lines over the uh, their recent, you know, I'll, I'll call it recent strong play. I mean, they've had some some drops here, but like ever since they started two and six or excuse me, two and four, two and four. Um, Julius Randle has been playing at an all star level. I, I sat down for the first time tonight and actually or earlier today and tried to make my preliminary Eastern Conference all star team. Even considering those first six games, I have Randall in. He's probably my 12th spot right now. I see him getting higher up the totem pole than lower. Um, I thought it was extra symbolic uh, that he did it tonight against a team. Like the Nets obviously are missing a, a true blue offensive engine, like shot creator, probably someone in the backcourt um, for them to be a really. Uh, elite team. But I think if you look at the way the NBA has trended over the last several years and, you know, you, you talk to a lot of, not that I talk to any GMs, but I would imagine if you talk to GMs and you're like, you know, build the perfect, build the perfect team on defense. That team would probably look a lot like Brooklyn. It had, they have a, a guy who, I mean, I think Nick Claxton's defense is probably a little more overrated, but a guy who's a high-level rim protector, good, solid defensive center in Claxton, and then it's a whole bunch of switchable wings who you know are kind of perfect for the way the game is played today because this isn't the 1990s anymore. There are no more Carmelones and and Kevin Garnetts and and uh, Tim Duncan's and and so on and so forth manning the power forward spot. Other teams usually at the four have guys that look like the Nets start at positions two, three, and four. So when you have that, when that's your opponent every night, what the Nets are able to bring on defense with their switchability and their size and their length, it's really great. And you saw that, by the way, against Jalen Brunson, who they're facing guys like Jalen Brunson a hell of a lot more than they're facing guys like Julius Randle. And that brings me to my point, which is that there is nobody else like Julius Randle in the NBA today. There are centers who are doing some of the stuff that Julius Randle is doing, and we know who those guys are, and they're some of the most dominant players in the game. But as far as a guy who, and I've, I've echoed this theme a lot of late, but you can throw anybody you want on him. If you want to throw a big on him, well, he's too quick for that guy. And if you want to throw anybody who's not a big man on him, well, he's just too big and too physical and too skilled. And tonight, Brooklyn learned that the hard way because they were trying to single cover him and it didn't matter who they were throwing on him. I mean, he was just taking net after net after net into the paint and treating them like ragdolls. And that's what he's been doing to the entire league uh, for the better part of, I mean, what, a month and a half now? And no one can stop this guy. And he's making the right pass pretty much every time now. And it's like, you know, whatever. His final stat line wasn't all that impressive. He's still not hitting it from three. That's the most amazing thing. He's shooting under 30% from three this year. And it doesn't matter one iota. There was that great play. I think it was in the second half where he kind of pump faked from three. And I for honestly, I forget who was on him. It didn't really matter. I like they didn't really bite. It's like, all right, fine. And he just dribbled 
in inside the arc, put a move on, left the guy in the dust, and then he ended up drawing the foul on Claxton. I think he actually made one of two and and broke his um what had been a, a streak of twenty consecutive free throws. Like, okay, he's not hitting threes. It doesn't really matter. I mean, he was nine of sixteen from inside the arc. Just as importantly as that, got to the line nine times, which he could do basically whenever he wants. Four assists to one turnover. You love that ratio. Um, if you're talking about the Knicks right now, you just you have to talk about what Randall's doing. It's the beginning and end of every conversation because for as much as people who you know uh, you know amidst the latest the latest star trade discussion oh the, the Cavs might put Donovan Mitchell on the block oh no the Cavs aren't going to put Donovan Mitchell on the block you know do the Knicks need to trade for star it's the only talking point any national media person ever has because it's their default because they have nothing else interesting to say about this team because they don't watch this team um, like if you really want to make a coherent argument that hey shit maybe the Knicks should should write out what they have here and try to make the you know, the more incremental move somewhere. And, we, you know, we're not going to get into what that is right now. What you're seeing at a random right now, I think that's the, that has to be the start of that conversation more than Bronson and more than, you know, any, you know, leap RJ or quickly or anything might take. So that's my big takeaway from this game. And then uh, after that, I'm going to go to Isaiah Hardenstein, um, Benji Riddles, who, you know, between I, between him and um, and DJ Zulo, it's like one—I don't know who's who—but it's like one guy's Randall and one guy's Brunson. It's like they take turns. It's like one guy puts out a thread. Oh my God, this is the greatest thread I've ever seen. Then the next guy puts out a thread. This is the greatest thread I've ever seen. Well, it was Benji's turn today, and uh, the the two best that are doing it uh, on the internet or anywhere film work. And his thread was on Hardenstein, um, and just showing how his fingerprints were all over that Laker game in every conceivable way. And you watch the game tonight and you watch his performance again in the absence of Major Robinson. And you're looking at how they're operating on both ends. And on offense, you know, I, and this is going to come off as a slight to Mitch and it shouldn't because Mitch has, I mean, Mitch has gifts that Hardston wishes he had. But there are other things that Mitch just doesn't do as well. And most of them are on the offensive end. And when when Hart, when Ihart is in there, he gives the Knicks an added component, an added dynamic on the offensive end of the floor. And like, is he the best offensive rebounder in the sport like Robinson is? No. He might be one of the 10 best. Maybe that's selling him short. Is he one of the five? I, I, I genuinely don't know. He's so good on the offensive glass that when you're when you're comparing these two players, you're like, all right, well, you lose Robinson's offensive rebounding, but compare like Hardenstein's good enough there, and he gives you so much else that this offense at this point in time, and we're about to, we're going to get to Divincenzo. I don't I don't really know how you stop their starting offense because um, everywhere you look, I mean, other than your occasional you know bad RJ take, and I and RJ played a good game tonight. I just want to be very clear, but like that's literally the only the only things you could point out where you're like, well, that's, that's not ideal. They, they're just, I really don't know how you stop them. 
with Randall doing what he's doing, and then Brunson almost every night is going to be able to have his own way with some matchup or another. And then iHeart and DiVincenzo, and, and RJ's been playing really good ball recently. Um, so, and then on the defensive end, it's like, yeah, okay, Mitch is a, a different level of, of pick and roll defender, and like he doesn't, you know, very few defenders in the NBA, very two, very few centers, certainly in the NBA, it can impact a basketball game on the defensive end like the way Mitch Robinson does. But man, Isaiah, he keeps you honest on that end of the floor. Uh, the one area he, I think he's the weakest at is probably defensive rebounding. And I think he's gotten, I, I didn't notice it that much tonight. I thought he, he's gotten better at it. Um, so all that is is just it's great stuff and he's he's such an easy guy to like he's such an easy guy to praise he was literally bleeding on the nets uh cartoon court i thought it was funny i felt bad that he was obviously bleeding like profusely from his mouth um after what was called a foul on him uh but i was kind of like you know what this this uh saturday morning uh children's show basketball court deserves to have somebody bleed all over it but i hope he heals up fast um and then the last guy I wanted to mention explicitly, and I'm sure we'll get to everybody else throughout the, the show, is DiVincenzo. Um, he's not the defender that Grimes is. And I don't, I don't want to be like, he's not the defender that Grimes is, but like, no, full stop. He's not the defender that Grimes is. And Grimes' defense, I know he didn't have a great, like spectacular offensive showing tonight. You watch Grimes on defense and his, his point of attack, the it's a game changer because there's nobody else that does it on this team quickly doesn't do it. RJ's got RJ had a really nice defensive game. I thought RJ was probably their on balance, maybe their second best defender, either him or Hornstein tonight. Um, but it's still not quite the same in terms of point of attack defense and battling through screens and recovering and, and just, and, and quick hands. Grimes has been showing some quick hands recently. So like, I, I, I want to note that like, that's a real thing. And anybody who's like, DiVincenzo isn't as good a fit for the starting five for that reason. Like, you're always going to have a leg to stand on. What DiVincenzo brings in terms of shooting, in terms of real movement, like not just not just attacking closeout movement, like real movement. He is a very good offensive player for a fourth. I mean, I, I don't know if I want to, I don't know if I want to go through ranking fourth options amongst NBA starting fives. I, He's, I got to think he's one of the top five in that department across the league. Like he's really good between the shooting, the movement shooting, putting the ball on the floor in a variety of situations. The passing can get a little sloppy sometimes, but you like his passing. Um, and then what do you, what do you, what you lose in terms of like the point of attack defense and all that? And he's just he's, again, he's not quite that that level. He really does have some good anticipation, some good instincts in terms of, of stealing balls and all that, uh, which, again, showed itself tonight. And that's the kind of stuff that could really spark a team. And, and so how often do you feel like he sparks them with some play or another? And um, I think it's been for as much as it doesn't make them like the perfect starting five, but, that you know. There's two perfect starting fives in basketball. Maybe maybe three actually now with Minnesota, although they got waxed today. Um, he's really good. He's really good. It's a really good fit for this team. Um, throw some love to uh, Josh Hart, too. I thought Josh Hart had a really nice game. Mentioned RJ's defense. RJ, I mean, everybody had a good game today. Everybody had a good game. Um, just some quick hitters. 
you know, you, you, you've kind of felt like early on this might have been the next night between that heart miracle three at the end of the first quarter on the busted possession followed shortly thereafter by the quickly banked in three. So uh, definitely fortuitous tonight. A couple of stretches where they, um, you know, a little sloppy. The bench unit in the second quarter, not great. The starters gave the big lead back after they took it in the third quarter. Not great. But again, it's you've been on the road for a week and a half. It's like it, it, that stuff is is to be expected. And then um, last thing I'll say, um, actually two last things. Uh, one, we saw small ball tonight by necessity. Uh, when Taj had to leave the game briefly, I think he maybe twisted his ankle or something, and Hardenstein was still getting stitched up in the in the locker room, and um, it was like three or four possessions, and the Knicks I think uh, were on defense twice, maybe three times, and uh, they gave up three offensive rebounds, uh, offensive rebounds. I like, granted, uh, Daron Sharp, who, who might who he might really be the best offensive rebounder in the sport, uh, puts up prodigious per, per thirty six numbers on the offensive glass. That has something to do with it, but like. It's not just the lack of rim protection that makes that lineup untenable, and it, you know it always it always makes me laugh when people are like, "Oh, well, Tibbs is obsessed with having a a traditional five, like it's for shits and giggles." Like, no, there's tangible basketball reasons why you need a a traditional five, and and the Knicks, even after their recent struggles, they're still top one or two at, at worst third on the defensive glass this year, and it's a big part of the reason for their success. So I wanted to point that out, and then um. Last thing, um, didn't have his best game tonight. Not a great matchup for him, Jalen Brunson. But I never, I never want to take Jalen Brunson for granted. And even you know tonight, not great offensive process. And yet, where do the Knicks look when this game, when there was a a little, little bit of nut cutting time in the third quarter, where it got a little too close for comfort? Who made two tough baskets in the span of three possessions? Jalen Brunson. And the thing I wanted to. Well, I wanted to mention and I want to point out, I was thinking to myself, even during games where you don't love his process and you you feel like he's um you know a little off, I never feel like I go to myself, man, Jalen Brunson really needs to stop shooting. And that's such a compliment to him, and it's such a testament to his ability, even as a guy who I I, I think he's gonna be an all-star. I think he's a deserving all-star this year. Um when he doesn't have it, like, there's no ego in that guy. And that sort of leadership seeps in through the rest of your team. And there's a lot of mouths to feed on this team. And they've been able to hold it together, you know, even amidst some early chirping from Harden and, and Grimes. I'm sure, you know, some other guys maybe aren't always thrilled about their shots. When you have a guy like that as the leader of your team, it permeates. And so, um, you know, just wanted to, again, not, not, not not the headliner or the second line or the third line in this game, but I wanted to give uh, Brunson a little shout. And uh, last thing before we move on to our betting and sweating picks tonight, um, I just want to say thank you to the Knicks uh, for getting the win tonight. Uh, it's been three... How many years? What, what year is this? It's December of 2023. So it's been three and a half years with this nonsense. Got my first positive COVID test today. Uh, somehow stuck it out all this time. And so I am not feeling too hot right now. Uh, hence, I have tea in place of my usual post-game uh, bourbon. Uh, so thank you to the Knicks for getting this win and uh, you know keeping the old spirits up as, as I'm probably going to be spending the next couple of days in bed. 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Let's uh, let's get to our betting and sweating picks before we get to our super chats. Of course, betting and sweating is sponsored by our very, 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 very good friends at Prize Picks, which uh, APJP is on the ones and twos. He's gonna get the old Prize Picks uh, ditty up on the screen right now. Here we go. So you can go to PrizePicks.com/slash KFS and use code. KFS for a first deposit match up to $100. You know how those things work. You put in 100, you get uh, 100 back. So that's a nice deal. One more time, you're going to prizepicks.com slash KFS and you're using the code KFS, just three letters, for first deposit match up to $100. Daily fantasy sports made easy. Here are our prize picks, uh, picks tonight from the, from the fellas. Um, so we had GMAC picked, let me make my screen a little bit larger here so I can see what the hell's going on. Uh, Cam Thomas over 32. Oh no, sorry. Under, under, excuse me, under 32 points, rebounds, and assists. Uh, APJP may need to chime in my ear because I, I did not do this math ahead of time. Oh, here we go. Uh, Andrew Claudio, smart man. Because 27 total points, rebounds, and assists. So good job, GMAC. Uh, Sean with a W had uh, Isaiah Hartenstein over 12 and a half rebounds and rebounds and assists. And wouldn't you know it, by the skin of his teeth, 10 rebounds, three assists, 13. Sean with a W. That's a good win. That's a nice win there. XJ took Julius Randle over 25 points again with this by the skin of his teeth. That's a that's that's three wins so far because Julius had 26. That would have been a crime if you didn't get to over 25 because he was utterly dominant. And then last but not least, Mensa went under. One and a half turnovers for RJ Barrett. RJ uh, kept it from being a perfect 4-0 night with prize picks because RJ had two turnovers. That that's unfortunate. So sorry, Mensa, but three and one still really good. Again, uh, for all of your wagering needs, make sure you check out 
Prize Picks uh, and uh, use the code KFS again. PrizePicks.com slash KFS. Use the code KFS for a first deposit match up to $100. Daily fantasy sports made easy. Giddy up. All right. Let's get to the super chats. Starting off with Robert Cross, Robert W. Cross. It's your boy, John. The Knicks have two stars in number 13 and 30. Does this change the calculus on the star trade or not? Hashtag 53 wins. Uh, I'll answer that after the next one, because I believe the next one is also from Robert W. Cross. First time, long time. It's your boy, John. Play IQ, pay IQ. The miseducation of Emmanuel quickly must end. Hashtag 53 wins. Um, are we allowed to say that Emmanuel quickly pray, played an appropriate amount of minutes? I don't think we're allowed to say that, right? IQ either. IQ, if he doesn't play uh, 30 minutes, he he plays too few minutes. Is that the way this, this story goes? I mean, you look up. He had a nice stat line tonight. 19 points, uh, 7 to 12 from the field, 4 to 6 from 3. That the last... Uh, Two of those threes came at the end, including that that very funny one where they actually called a flop. Uh, I, I said in the Substack chat, if that if that's a if that's a flop, then I'm the Queen of England. Um, I mean, I thought IQ played a perfectly fine number of minutes tonight. Um, I agree with you should, that you should pay him. I agree most of the time he probably doesn't play enough. You know. Didn't really love his stint in the first half. I thought there was a, a lot of iso ball going on in that first half stint from the backup unit. Not just him, um, but it's one of those instances where the ball was kind of a little sticky. Um, but again, quickly makes up for it. He finds ways to make impacts in other in different areas of the game. And you look up at the end of most nights, and his stat line is going to be really good. But like again, this is a... Dante DiVincenzo was awesome tonight. Josh Hart was awesome tonight. RJ Barrett, Barrett played really good defense tonight um, and did some other nice things. And then Quentin Grimes, Quentin Grimes only played 18 minutes. Yeah, I know he was only 2-7, but he had a couple nice moments. I thought his defense was really good. This is the reality of having a team with with this sort of glut of guards. Um, and it's unfortunate. As far as uh, Brunson and Randall, does it change? You know, I, I still don't view the team as currently constituted as on that level. I think there needs to be another another tweak or two. Um, depends what the tweak is. You know, but like, look, I, I'm I, the, the reason why I'm so tired of, of having the conversation and why I wish I mean, I, I know it's a lot to ask them to actually have in-depth conversations about basketball teams. But like the reason I'm kind of so tired of it, the the you know, the Knicks need to trade for a star. When will they trade a star? Who will, for a star? Who will the star be? This and the other thing. Is like if the opportunity presents itself and it's the right trade, they're gonna make the trade. If the opportunity doesn't present itself, they're not gonna make the trade. Like the nice thing about what this team is doing and what Randall's doing and what Brunson's doing and all the way on down is like it gives them the leeway to not force a bad trade. Like, you know, the Chicago Bulls can't give away Zach Levine right now. And how nice is it that and I know there's the clutch issues, too. So, you know, probably neither here nor there. But like, how nice is it to not have the Knicks in like, oh, well, maybe the Knicks should be the team to trade for Zach Levine? Because no one would fucking say that. No one who watches this team 
and no one who watches Zach Levine. So, you know, if the right star comes along, now look, is it possible we're going to have a dicey Donovan Mitchell conversation this summer? Yeah, and honestly, unless I'm not sure which side of the fence I fall on with that. Really not. Let's let's have the season play out, which we're going to get to do because they're not trading him during the season. So, uh, Will Oliver, per holiday tradition, put little bro in his place. Yeah, it's always nice to beat the Nets. Um, it's I don't know. It feels a little. F- I, I I don't I don't relish it as much as I probably did at one point in time. Um, mostly because I respect the way the Nets have gone about their business since the KD and and Kyrie and and all of that went uh, haywire. I like their team. Um, it's, it's you know it's a mediocre team, but I, I like their team. Um. So, uh, but yeah, it's always good to beat the Nets. <laughs> Thanks, Will. Uh, Robert Cross with another one. Is it fair and reasonable to say the Knicks will beat Milwaukee on Saturday? Um, <clears throat> if so, I think they beat them on Christmas Day. <laughs> Hashtag 53 wins. Yeah, sure. Let's just beat Milwaukee all of the times. Um, it, it's... I don't. I think it's okay to continue to give an immense amount of respect to the great, the best teams in the league. I would really like to see the Knicks get one of these two games. Do I think it is imperative that the Knicks get one of these two games? No. Um. But if they get one, I could could not give a shit less which one they get. If they get the the game on Saturday and then they lose by. 80 points on Christmas. I, I really don't care. Get one of these wins. You know, um, that would, that would be, that'd be nice. You know, you, you want to at some point show that you could beat this team. Cause it's, it's been a while since they beat the Bucks. you know, and I think they can. So we'll see. Hussein Gazelle. What's going on, Hussein? What trade are you willing to do for Bridges? I uh, love your show. Thank you so much, Usain. Appreciate that. Uh, man, probably a lot more than a lot of people would be willing to give up. I mean, you know, conversation will be about Donovan Mitchell probably, you know, until the summer. I Give me, give me Mikael Bridges over Donovan for this team. You know, and I'm sure if somebody wants to clip that and uh, disseminate it the next time Donovan goes off for, you know, 60 points or whatever, which he could do literally any night. He's that gifted of an offensive player. It has nothing to do with the level of player he is. Donovan Mitchell is a better player than Mikal Bridges. There's no there's no question about that. And uh as an offensive creator and the whole thing, but for what this team is and what this team needs, I know we didn't have a good night tonight, obviously. Ike. Man. That's the trade that, it, but again, it'll never happen. It'll never happen. The Nets and Knicks are not making that trade. It's, it's just, you know, it's. I'd love to be proven wrong. Here, clip, again, another another clip you could throw back in my face if the if the, two, the two teams ever make a trade for McCall Bridges, but I just, I give up, man. I mean, without question, I don't want to say that. I don't, I don't want to name any names of players. I'd give up a lot. 
Like whatever you think is too much, I'd probably give up more than that. Thanks, Hussein. And there's no like young player on the team that would be off limits for me. That should that should go without saying. I mean, keep Brunson, keep Randall, everybody else could uh could go on the table from Mikel. Which I hope that's not a controversial take. Uh Hush Sue, what's going on, Hush? Cam Thomas is such an interesting case. Prolific scorer, but on a real winning team, what's his ceiling? First option, six man. How do you pay him? Great question. I to me, he's the prototypical six man. Uh, it doesn't pass. I I just don't know how you can have like if he's on your team. You you want him you want him with the ball in his hands, like he's not a good enough shooter or defender for that matter. That where you trust him in like a third or fourth option role. Like if you if he's on your team, you want the ball in his hands. That's what he does. That's what he's good at. Um. But I don't know how you could have a top two option and try to be a winning team uh, and have a guy that doesn't that doesn't really pass. It's it's kind of unheard of right now. So to me, six man could. Is there a scenario where that dude could be the six man of the year one day on the right team? Absolutely. I probably. We'll see why not. Thanks, Cam. Or thanks, uh, Hush. <laughs> I, I'm not sure I'd want Cam Thomas on my team, though. I just say that. Uh, Jibo, DiVincenzo's play shows Grimes' touches argument was flawed. They're different players. They're different players, different approaches, different mentalities. Uh, also, don't discount the fact that this is DiVincenzo's sixth year in the league. It's Grimes' third year in the league. So, you know, and, and, and also don't discount the fact that DiVincenzo... Was is coming and joining a a team with his like college roommate as the point guard, so th- no hesitancy on his part in terms of like ever worrying like oh what happens if I take if what if I miss this shot should I not take this shot like Divincenzo's going out there and letting it fly, um, but and I uh, to me the more interesting one is the flip side of it, which is like does Grimes moving to the bench get him more shots and I think again. That's kind of on Grimes. Like Grimes still needs to make it happen. He needs to make it happen for himself in the in the with the bench units as much as he needed to make it happen for himself and wasn't making it happen for himself in the starting five. Thanks, Shibo. Fred Katz. What's going on, Fred? I just felt like the world should know that Josh Hart does a Ryan Archdiacono impersonation. And it's basically him. Doing an Urkel voice. <laughs> it's fucking fantastic. Um, thank you for that report, Fred. Um, for anybody who doesn't know, uh, Fred Katz, uh, new podcast, which you can get on uh, Patreon, the old patreon.com. The, the podcast is called Cats and Shoot. Uh, I am a, I'm a very proud subscriber. Here, let me see if I can pull it up. Um, here we go. Oh, wait, no. Where'd it go? It went away. There it is. Well, cats and shoot action. Um, it's two tiers. You get two pods a month. If you go the top tier, the pods are great. He only has smart bass. Well, no, I shouldn't say that. He has smart basketball people on and me. Uh, so listen to, uh, subscribe to cats and shoot on Patreon and, and Fred does a fantastic job. Looking forward to talking to him. I think we have a pod scheduled soon, so that'll be fun. Thanks, Fred. 
Matt G, how many players have minimum two All-Star and All-NBA and are not in the hall? They're out there. Oh, man, you really want to make me go on a a basketball reference uh, uh, deep dive? The guy that I'm going to go to right off the top of my head, and I hope I don't look stupid for doing this, um, is Tom Chambers. So Tom Chambers, does he have the All-NBAs? Yep, here we go. So Tom Chambers, for anybody who doesn't know, um, played many years for the Seattle Sonics and then the Phoenix Suns. He was a uh, four-time All-Star, two-time All-NBA player. Um, I believe back when the All-NBA was only uh, first and second team, uh, although Julius obviously made... Did Julius make second team both times? I think Julius maybe made second team both times, unless he made third the last time. I, I should know that. That's a bad job by me. Was All Star MVP? Um, you know those te- the the teams he was on. I, I don't think any of those teams really live on in in anybody's memories. He made Jesus made five Western Conference Finals, a um, couple of which he was. You know, I mean, they got waxed, the Suns, uh, to the Lakers and the the Blazers. But still, this is a guy who averaged 20, 24, 25 points a game in, in like multiple Western Conference finals. Yeah, swept by the Lakers, lost in six to Portland. Um, I don't know. Was he ever I mean, finished top 10 in MVP twice? I'm guessing his two All-NBA campaigns. Like that's the guy that comes to mind. Um, I, I know there's been other guys. Um, so we're not there yet. Long story short, we're not there yet. Now, give him another All-NBA. Three All-NBAs. I think there's, I got, I think there's a few All-NBA guys, three-time All-NBA guys in the last, I don't know how many are in the last 30, 40 years, though, three-time All-NBA guys who didn't make the Hall. But look, at the end of the day, Julius, man, if he stays here and the Knicks like do some real winning and he's a big part of that winning, we're not there yet. But I, pr- I appreciate the question, that's for sure. <laughs> Thanks, Matt. <laughs> Thanks for allowing me to go on a Tom Chambers deep dive in the middle of a, of a postgame. Um, Dom Cappuccini, what's going on, Dom? Thank you so much for your generosity, as always. Really could not do this without you, man. Thank you. Um, I had to get some sleep until Brooklyn. I'm a little under the weather. Join the club. So I'll be brief. It appeared they listened to your uh, pleas to individuals stepping up on defense. 16-11. I would have been very happy to sign up for Let's Go Knicks. Thank you for pointing that out. I usually am pretty good with opening the show with at least one big picture thing, and I did not do that. And I thank you for uh, bringing it to my attention because 16 and 11 after 27 games with the schedule they've had, I mean, sign me right the F up. You know, it's why, like, with the two games coming up against Milwaukee and then a a, a tricky three game road trip against, um, I forget what the order is, but Oklahoma City, 
Indiana and Orlando. And then you come back home and your reward for coming back off of that road trip is play Minnesota at home. So like, this is another one of those stretches where I will say right now, man, where, where do I sign up for three and three in this stretch? And I feel like I've said that a lot over the course of the season where I'm like, sign me up for 500 over this stretch, sign me up for 500 over that stretch. And yet here we are, we look up and they're five games over 500. It's a really good job by them. And as far as individuals stepping up on defense, it starts at the point of attack. It starts with holding your ground, you know, getting around screens, digging, uh, showing, helping and recovering all the little shit that we weren't maybe always doing uh, at, at every point in the season. Well, they were doing a nice job of it tonight. Doing a nice job of it tonight. Thank you, Dom. Hajju with another one. I think the Suns game solidified Brunson's all-star spot. I wonder because of Randall's bad start to the season, if it'll hold him back. The Knicks deserve two all-stars. Um, you know, I don't know that the Knicks deserve two all-stars. I like they they are a team that is very much built on the talents of their top two players. But like you look up, they're a half game back of Orlando. Orlando's 16 and 10, the Knicks are 16 and 11. I I I would make the case that if the Knicks get two all-stars, Orlando's like almost certainly getting zero all-stars. So it's always it's tough for me to be like a team this team deserves this number of all-stars. Now, I think an exception to that rule is Boston. I don't know, like Boston after Tatum, you could argue should they get one more all-star? Should they get two more all-stars? Should they get three more all-stars? Like they, they have four other guys besides Tatum that have an all-star team, all-star case. That to me is a little bit different because they've been so good and so dominant um, that it would feel funny to me to not, for them not to get multiple all-stars. I don't know if any other team I'm honestly, I don't know that any other team in the league like quote unquote, like deserves, like they have to get multiple all-stars like Minnesota is a tricky one. They lost tonight. I know, but like the West is going to be tough, man, because I, does Gobert get in? I don't, you know, does, does towns get in, you know, it's that's, that's going to be, it's going to be an interesting one. Um, obviously Edwards will get in, but like the, how the Knicks are built and how the Knicks offense functions. Like, I think, I think both guys have a really good case. I think both guys have a really good case. Thanks, Hush. Andrew Claudio. JMAC, first time, long time. Glad to be back on Eastern Standard Time. You know that. Always feels good after a long road trip out west to enjoy a blowout win at home. <laughs> well said, Andrew. Well said. Uh, yeah. I, do, I, do I want to be kind to Nets fans? It's just amazing. There are so many fucking basketball fans in this borough. I, li- I obviously, for anybody who doesn't know, I live in Brooklyn. There's so many people who love the sport of basketball. And this fucking team went out and got, they did what 29 other NBA teams dream of doing. And like had, you know, whatever the fuck Woj called it, like clean sleep. And like, put aside the fact that it kind of blew up in their faces, but like, they did not gain any semblance of a foothold here. 
Like you would expect after something like that happens, it's like, all right, that's going to rally a generation of fans to like support. You see, it, it hasn't at all. You know, like there, there. I, I joke about it. There are net fans, but like same friggin' net fans that existed before the KD and Kyrie and and eventually Harden thing. You know, and the level of apathy in the borough for the for this team, um, it's unfortunate because they're they're a fun, spunky little team. You know, in their position, they could they could certainly trade for a star. Oh, it's unfortunate for them. Uh, Drazov, what's going on, Drazov? Serious question. When does the discourse for a player go? Oh, I like this question from star, star to superstar. Everyone by now knows Jalen Brunson is a star, but when does it shift to the next level? Is it a specific movement or stat or know it when I see it type of deal? I think it's a know it when you see it. Um, the problem is there, there is no definition for this, you know, um, everybody has different definitions of a superstar. Like I thought it was a fascinating conversation. Uh, I have more than enough to drink, so I'll take a drink on the, uh, low post podcast this week. Tim Bontemps was on. Uh, I love, I love the work Timmy Bontemps does. And this is a guy that like covered the Celtics for a lot of years. Like he's a, he's a Celtics reporter by trade. And he basically was like, I'm like traditionally teams that win the championship have a better player than Jason Tatum. And he, he said this and was like, yeah, Tatum's like a top five to 10 player in the league, but he's not in the top five or he's like between six and 10. Like, I, I, I don't know. I'd love to talk to Tim about that. Cause I think it'd be an interesting discussion about like, so does that mean a superstar is like top five? Does it mean like the guy who traditionally is the best player on a championship team? You know, I, I, I don't know. I think it's, I guess I, my definition has changed over the years. I think at one point I was like, a guy has to be a guy who could be the best player on a championship team. I think that's the safest definition. But the way you talk about it now, I, I think it's it's someone that like if you turn on their game more often than not not every night but like more often than not you will be watching the game or better yet not you will be watching the game but you're like wife or friend or husband or so, whatever, someone who has like really no interest in basketball or even sports, and that person could sit and watch the game for five minutes, and then you ask them, like, so what do you think about this game? And they're going to be like, oh, well, it's that dude, and then there's everybody else on the court. That's a superstar, probably, in the NBA. I think that's probably the best definition. And, you know, that's what's tricky about, about Brunson and Randall, for that matter. I mean, well, I got to tell you, the, the guy who's fit that definition more on the Knicks over the last month has, has been Randall, right? Because there have been more, I mean, including tonight. If, if again, you turned on the game for the right five-minute stretch, anybody watching would be like, oh, that's that guy's like, he's just better than everybody else. Um, Brunson, there are nights where, and the other thing about Brunson that was just tricky, he works so hard for it. And work so hard at it. And like, 
I think that's why people like oh like I think of Jimmy Jimmy Butler and how Jimmy Butler like I mean now he's made you know two last four finals and always made a third so I, I think that finally got people to change their definitions but you go through all of these you know your preseason lists and your midseason lists and you're this and you're that and like for years and years and years like there was Jimmy Butler like oh it's a you know. 18th best player in the league or the 22nd best player in the league or whatever it like because he doesn't he works hard at it it's it's work for him now he is maybe a top five worker in the history of the nba um but brunson is 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 in that mold so i think that holds that prevents a lot of when people have these discussions about stars versus superstars, I think that prevents them from putting Bronson on that echelon because they look at him and they look at how he does it. And it's just nothing he does is easy. You know, Um, should that matter? I, I don't know. Maybe it shouldn't. I don't know. I'm not really sure. It's a great question. It really is. I wish I had a better answer for you, but it's something I do spend uh, time thinking about and and I, I do find very interesting. Thanks, Jazov. Hush, what's going on, Hush? Hope we could somehow retain iHeart. Perfect backup. Well, funny you ask. I um I started writing Friday's newsletter today, and uh, somebody asked about retaining Hardenstein. I'll, I'll uh, without spoiling it, I will just say that they can absolutely retain Hardenstein. They will have the financial wherewithal to do it. And my guess is that they will feel that they have a need to do it. So, yeah. Thanks, Hush. Um, Another one from Drazov. Now that Julius Randle looks unguardable, who do I complain about? (laughs) That's halftime dunkers blatantly traveling. That's funny. Uh, Maybe we just don't complain about this team. You know... They're just a honest to goodness, good, sometimes very good, occasionally like great NBA team, you know, Um, and that's really cool. It's really cool to be able to say that. Thanks, Trezov. Sam Garcia. What's going on, Sam? Fellas, let's take 10 seconds to laugh at the Brooklyn Nets. <laughs> I can't I can't give you 10 seconds, but no, it's uh hey, listen, they they tried. Kevin Durant's shoe size, so on and so forth. I'm very I'm so fucking happy they didn't win a championship. You know, I don't I don't know that that may you know what. I, I'm admitting that that would have bothered me a lot. So I guess that in and of itself is a testament to what the Nets almost did. Uh, but man, I'm so fucking happy they didn't win a championship. Fuck them. <clears throat> Thank you, Sam. Uh, Kevin, oh, is this Kevin Danishevsky? I think so. Gotta love how this team is taking care of business against bad teams, except Utah. Nets aren't a bad team. The Nets are, I mean, they may have a negative scoring margin after tonight. They came into tonight with 500 record and a and a positive scoring margin uh, with a a really good offense, 11th ranked offense in the league. Um, so I do not think the Nets are a bad team. They're a mediocre team, uh, not a bad team. Anyway, uh, 
in my opinion, if you swapped Cam Thomas for IQ, both teams would be better off. What the hell? No. <laughs> what the fuck? No. <laughs> oh, my God. No. Someone take the trade machine away from Kevin. <laughs> the Nets, I think, would be better off. Um, you know. Actually, you know what? Honestly, I think like Cam Thomas is pretty good for the Nets, but like I no, I, just no. <laughs> Thanks, Kevin. Keith, what's going on, Keith? How are you doing, man? Thank you for the contribution as always. Watched the game as well as I could on a cruise on cruise Wi-Fi. You know, I was scrolling Twitter before, and I think I saw that you post a picture or something. So I hope you're having a great time. You deserve it, man. You're one of the good ones. Um, it's always great smoking that New Jersey team. I'm really loving Bully Ball Julius. Beast Mode. Um, Shouts to KFS. Thank you, man. Yeah, it's Julius in a great place right now. He's in such a... I, I mean, we, I could wax poetic about him for a long time because we just... We've had some great players come through this franchise. I mean, talking about Brunson, you know, Porzingis obviously had a had a moment, <laughs> brief moment, but it was a moment. Uh, Mello, you know, uh, you know, but even like unheralded, more unheralded guys like Spreewell and Houston, and, you know, going back to the nineties. Um, I mean, Mello had stretches. Mello had had stretches where he was just on another on another level. <sighs> I don't know that I could remember a Nick doing to teams what Julius is doing to teams right now. Um, it's weird because it was like a different like obviously I remember the 90s. I remember Patrick, but like it's a different different era. Like back then, like 25 points a game like meant something. 20 points a game meant something. Now it's like your fourth leading scorer might get 20 and it's like, oh, it's not a big deal. Um, so different sport, different era, everything. Uh, I, man, he's on another level right now. It's really cool. Thanks, Keith. Dom the dentist. What's going on, Dom? Love Dom being active in the, in the Substack chat. Uh, I lost my parlay by one iHeart rebound. I'm so, 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 so sorry. And I feel everyone should ignore this whim, win and be as upset uh, as I am about it. Uh, appreciate the team effort. Thanks. Oh, okay. Hold on. Uh, thank, well, thank you, Dom. I'm sorry about your loss. As for the comment earlier about Kevin, Kevin meant Cam Johnson, not Cam Thomas. Um. Well, that is a little. That's a. That's a. That's a horse of a different color. I'm sure most Nick fans would rather have IQ. Um. Hmm. I like Cam Johnson. I like Cam Johnson. I think quickly as the higher ceiling as a player, for sure. It's definitely un- untapped potential with with the quit, but that that gets at your point, right? Um, that's an interesting one. I I gotta tell you, 
you're talking to, to the captain of the, I, I kind of think Emmanuel quickly has more value as a trade asset than as a player for the Knicks. And again, that's, that's not a disparagement of Emmanuel quickly. That's I think an acknowledgement of the fact that people around the league are probably pretty freaking high on him. And there's maybe a, a few people around the league who wonder what could he look like as a starting point guard and with a real usage rate and real minutes and the whole thing. That's, that's what that's an, it's a compliment to Emmanuel quickly, not a disparagement. I don't, I don't know if, I don't know if I'm doing that trade. I know it's free. I mean, it doesn't work money wise. Um, but well, I guess it, would it work under the cap? I don't. I would have to look at the salaries, but Fournier and quickly for Cam. I mean, whatever. It's not happening, so it's neither here nor there. But um, that's a yeah. Right, you get points for that one. That's interesting. All right, Jocelyn, focus. What's going on, Jeff? Two years ago, I attended a game where the Knicks went up on the Brooklyn Nets by twenty-eight points. <laughs> Then they blew that lead and eventually the game to a KD and Kyrie-less Nets team amid uh, Brooklyn chants and MSG. I needed this one. We'll never forget watching that night. I watched, obviously, from home. That one... Hmm. Was that the low point of that season? I just... Whenever I think about that game, I, I think about the fact that the the lead immediately after that lead got under well Andrew's reminding me we were on we were on playback for that game uh, I, I I remember <laughs> as the lead went under 20 I immediately went into oh this is we're gonna lose this fucking game because it had come at a point in the season where they had already done like some version of that so many times. And it was so baked into that team's DNA to just like, you know, give it all back. And I remember by the end of that game, I wasn't even shocked. I, I, you know, you, you're, there's a part of you that's like a little stunned, but like, in terms of like, oh my God, I can't believe this Dicks team blew a 28-point lead to this Nets team without any stars. Like, no, I wasn't shocked It from that perspective. What a depressing freaking night. And my God, what a what a what a flip of the script from this franchise. From that. Amen to that. Uh Hush Sue, what's going on, Hush? Oh, we got this one. Yeah, already. Yes, uh, it is. It's still nice to humble the little brothers. Um, all right. Another one from Kevin. Dante DiVincenzo looks terrific, and that is awesome. Exciting. Yes, it is. Uh, RJ's defensive improvement is a plus. I agree. Hate to complain tonight, but of course you're going to. <laughs> Quentin, Grimes, uh, Quentin Grimes is concerning. His confidence is shot. We need him going. What are you talking? His confidence isn't shot. He had a, he's a third-year player. He's still adjusting to a different role. He had an off night um, shooting wise. Um, this is interesting. We got a little breaking news. What? 